Due to the COVID-19 health emergency and to protect entertainment commission members, city hall employees, and the public, the city hall meeting rooms are closed. However, members and employees will be participating in the meeting remotely. This precaution is taken pursuant to the various state, federal, and local orders, declarations, and directives. Commission members and employees will attend the meeting through video conference and participate in the meeting to the same extent as, as if they were physically present. Public comment will be available on each agenda item, but you, both Channel 26 and sfgovtv.org are streaming the number across the stream. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes to speak. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via the Zoom platform. Oop. Using meeting ID 885-2977-8981 or by calling 1-669-900-6833 and using the meeting ID. If using the Zoom platform to speak, select the raise hand option when it's time for public comment. If calling by phone, dial star nine to be added to the speaker's line when your item of interest calls up, comes up. When you are asked to speak, you unmute yourself by hitting star six. This is new, new and improved system. Please call <laughs> from a quiet location. Speak clearly and slowly and turn down your television or radio. Alternatively, while we recommend that you use Zoom audio or telephone phone for public comment, you may submit a written public comment through the chat function on Zoom. Please note that the commissioners and staff are not allowed to respond to comments or questions during public comment. Thank you, SFTV, gov.tv, and media services for sharing this meeting with the public. We can start with a roll call. Okay, President Blyman. Here. Vice President Camino. Here. Commissioner Lee. Here. Commissioner Perez. Here. Commissioner Thomas. Here. And Commissioner Wang. Here. Please note for the record that we have an excuse absence for Commissioner Falzon, who may be arriving late. Well, then. The first order of business is general public comment. These are comments on items not listed on the agenda. Good evening, President Blyman. Good evening, Commissioners. I'm checking and there is no one with their hand raised and there's no uh, chat in the chat box. Excellent. Let's close public comment then and we will move on to the next agenda item, which is number two, which is an approval of the minutes for the December 21, 2021 Commission meeting. Do we have a motion to approve the minutes from December 21, 2021? Oh, that's fun. So moved. I'll second. Is there any public comment on the minutes? There's none. All right. Having no public comment, we will close it and we can take a vote. Okay, President Blyman. Uh, aye. Vice President Camino. Aye. Commissioner Lee. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. And Commissioner Wang. Aye. Well, isn't that nice? The minutes are approved. Moving on, we have item number three, which is a report from Executive Director Weiland. All right. Thank you. President Blyman, good evening again, commissioners. Last week, we sent out a newsletter to all of you and all of our constituents that highlighted some important health order updates that impact indoor and outdoor mega events. 
These changes are in response to the recent surge of the highly transmissible Omicron variant. Uh, you'll see a copy of the newsletter in your folder. I wanted to go over some key takeaways with all of you from the January 10th health order this evening so that you're up to speed on those changes. Um, and so that we can alert all of our permit holders who watch this. Uh, beginning January 15th, the city lowered the attendance threshold for indoor mega events to 500 attendees from the previous one, uh, 1,000. Um, and outdoor mega events are now uh, at 5,000 or more attendees. And this is in alignment with the state's new definition of mega events. The health officer now recommends that whenever possible, everyone attending one of these events wear a, an N95, KN95, or KF94 respirator, or a well-fitting surgical mask with a cloth, cloth mask over it. For indoor mega events, uh, the most changes in the health order that um, the biggest ones for our world are that effective February 1st, patrons 16 and up will be required to show proof that they've received a booster if they're eligible to do so, in addition to showing that they've been fully vaccinated. Booster eligibility is five months after the second dose of Moderna or Pfizer, or two months after the single Johnson & Johnson dose. Um, effective February 1st, all operators or hosts of indoor mega events must require all staff to show proof of receiving a booster, again, if they're eligible based on what I just iterated about the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson shots. Uh, staff must show this proof within eight days of being eligible for a booster. Uh, finally, indoor mega events of 1,000 or more attendees continue to be required to submit a health and safety plan to the health officer. However, the new health order says that indoor mega events between 501 and 999 attendees are not required to submit a health and safety plan. The proof of booster requirement still applies to those events, and that's a a key distinction here that those um, events that are between 509, uh, 500 and 999 do not have to submit a health and safety plan. Um, hosts and operators of outdoor mega events, and again, this is 5,000 plus attendees, are encouraged to consider requiring patrons and staff to provide proof of receiving a booster if eligible, in addition to showing that they're fully vaccinated. Outdoor mega events with 10,000 or more attendees are required to submit a health and safety plan. If you have any questions about any of these health order updates, please do let me know. Um, both myself and senior analyst Rice are here to answer any questions that we can and any that we can't. We will certainly follow up with both you and our permit holders. We will be doing another e-blast this week too to just remind people of the February 1st deadline. Uh, lastly, I just wanted to provide you all with a brief uh, New Year's Eve recap. So New Year's Eve was pretty quiet this year. Um, in your file for the director's report, you'll see a list of events that we pulled together that were advertised. Um, and we sent all of those to our first responder agencies for uh, situational awareness. And we had that in the field for when we were out. However, we did learn that a number of these events were canceled due to the Omicron variant. On New Year's Eve, Inspector Fiorentino, uh, Fiorentino had the opportunity to meet with uh, the Harvard grad student, who some of you guys have met uh, virtually, who is the fellow that's been working with Ben Van Houten to do his capstone project 
on nightlife and entertainment in San Francisco. So we'll keep you posted on those results. But what was fun was that he was able to do a walk along uh, with and not a ride along because he's not a city employee, uh, but with Inspector Fiorentino in North Beach on New Year's Eve. Uh, so they are able to go to a few uh, different businesses and do site visits together and check on the events, all of which were reportedly very quiet and in compliance. Um, in total, we did issue 10 one-time event permits for New Year's Eve weekend, and the night was safe and successful. However, you will see that there are some complaints that came in for New Year's Eve, and Deputy Director Azevedo will be discussing those that are highlighted in her enforcement report. If you have any questions, let me know. Questions? I'm not seeing any. Is there any public comment on this agenda item? Checking, there are no hands raised and no chats in the comments. All right, let's close public comment. We can move on. The next agenda item is number four, which is a report from Deputy Director Azevedo. Good evening, Commissioners. Thank you, President Blyman. In your uh, folder, you'll see that I've prepared an enforcement memo for you this evening. Um, letting you know that we have received um, a little over 54 sound complaints since our last hearing and 23 of those complaints were about the midway, which I'll discuss in a second. Um, so the first business that I'd like to discuss is Edinburgh Castle Pub. Um, on Saturday, January 15th, I received an email from the neighbor uh, that was also sent to the Northern Station Permit Officer stating that Edinburgh Castle's music had been playing for 40 plus hours. I contacted Inspector Fiorentino who responded within 20 minutes of that email and took a sound reading which showed the business operating nearly 20 decibels below their approved sound, minute, sound limit. The business only had a couple of patrons inside and the music was no louder than conversational levels. Inspector Fiorentino reported back that he believes the base is not able to emanate into the complainants building as they are alleging that it is. And he noted that they aren't even located directly adjacent to Edinburgh Castle Pub, and it would have to travel through another building just to reach them. I did connect with Officer Walsh, who was able to visit the business himself on January 1st and speak with the owner about the complaints. The owner assured Officer Walsh that they are not playing music after hours and that they are following their permit conditions. I also want to note that the neighbors have taken to Yelp and Google reviews to slander the business. So at this point, we have done all that we can do, but I wanted to mention these updates for the record this evening. The next business to discuss this evening is the Midway. Um, over New Year's Eve weekend, we received a total of 24 sound complaints about the, about the venue. Of note, the complaints were mostly lodged on Sunday, January 2nd. Inspector Fiorentino responded in real time to the complaint that complaints that were made on New Year's Eve and on New Year's Day, and sound measurements showed the business operating in excess of their sound limit on both occasions. Mm -hmm. uh, while he was on site both nights, Inspector Fiorentino worked with the owner to bring the volume down into compliance, which they were amenable to. On Sunday, January 2nd, the sound complaints came in after Inspector Fiorentino's shift had ended, so we were not able to respond in the field. However, we did notify the owner of the complaints via email, and he responded and contacted his staff to monitor the volume. Unfortunately, we still received 15 sound complaints on Sunday, in addition to three emails and three voicemails that came in to me directly. 
Um, I reached out to the Midway's ownership team to notify them of the complaints and to the ask that they submit a statement on behalf of their venue that I could send out to anybody who submitted an email address with their complaint. Additionally, I made the following recommendations to them. One, I suggested they do another push of their real-time hotline and email addresses to the neighborhoods again and add them to the website if they have not already done this. Two, I suggested a staff person walk out to their sound limit checkpoints with a meter every 30 minutes during a show and take a reading and document their findings. And three, install a limiter if they are unable to control the volume of the performers in real time. In response, one of the owners let me know that they had met with all of the neighbors who responded to their last outreach message and that some really good ideas had come from conversation, their conversations and that everyone is ready to work with them on finding a solution. He informed me that they were going to spend the next two weeks implementing these ideas and then he'd like to come before you all to share the details. I will be reaching out to invite them to attend our first hearing in February and we'll also discuss the status of the implementation of our staff recommendations listed above. The next business I'd like to share with you is Gestalt, located at 3159 16th Street. Uh, Gestalt holds an LLP permit, which allows indoor entertainment until 11 p.m. On October 30th, Inspector Fiorentino responded to a complaint and found the business hosting entertainment after 11 p.m. and playing in excess of their sound limit, so we issued them a citation. We responded to another complaint on January 8th and observed a DJ performing at 1.15 a.m., so we issued another citation. This last Thursday, January 13th, I corresponded with the owner about paying for the outstanding citations and I requested that they submit a compliance plan detailing how they will ensure permit compliance moving forward. I also informed him that we, if we observe any further violations that we'd be requiring him to attend a commission hearing for possible permit re reconditioning. The owner told me that in order to ensure compliance, he'd do the following not allow DJs to come in randomly when he didn't authorize it, use their decibel reader to monitor their sound levels, and that they have a new device that has all of their live equipment going into the QSC speakers, QSC speakers that they have uh, a mix with a mixing board so that he can control the main volume. I confirmed their compliance plan, offered to send an inspector out to sync our meter with his, and again reiterated that if we observe any, any other violations, it will result in further enforcement action. The following day, Inspector Fiorentino responded to a complaint at 11.15 p.m. and observed a jazz trio playing inside. He spoke with the owner about the violation and the owner said he'd have them stop performing and then proceeded to become agitated with Inspector Fiorentino, criticizing his role and blaming him for ruining the music scene in our city. In an effort to de-escalate the situation, Inspector Fiorentino stepped outside where he observed the music continuing to play until 12.15 a.m. when he left for his next case. Today, I reached out to the owner outlining the next enforcement steps, which include a third citation and a request to appear at our next hearing. Staff are recommending that the commission consider possible reconditioning of the LLP permit, and we will provide recommendations for your advance review. Our main priority here is getting this permit holder to follow their current permit conditions and abide by the rules. If you have any suggestions or comments, please let us know. The last item to discuss this evening is about Park Lab Gardens and Spark Social, which are located on Mission Bay Boulevard directly across from one another. As a reminder, Park Lab Garden ho Gardens hold a jam permit and Spark Social holds an outdoor LLP. Since our last hearing, we've received four sound complaints about the food trucks playing music and disrupting the tenants in the area. 
since both locations have food trucks and the complainants and the complaints are always anonymous and never specify which premises is causing the problem, Inspector Fiorentino always visits both when he responds to a complaint. So far in January, he has visited three times. <clears throat> the first was on January 1st, and when he arrived, there was no amplified sound playing. The second visit was on January 8th, and the businesses were operating in compliance with their permit conditions during his visit. And his last visit was on Sunday, January 9th. And while he was on site, a complaint came in alleging the food trucks were blasting music throughout multiple blocks in the area. Inspector Fiorentino was able to confirm the complaint was invalid as the music playing from the food truck speakers was no louder than ambient from a distance of 50 feet from the property plane at both locations. So those are my updates for you this evening. Please let me know if you have any questions. Questions, comments? Well, Quick question, with the Midway, other than that weekend, have we had other issues? Yes, we, oh, I saw a different, well. <laughs> well I, I don't none, none that we Ellen. haven't already reported on, but yeah, go for it. Oh, I think it's possible, Commissioner Wang, um, I believe you weren't at the last hearing when we discussed the previous events that had uh, been addressed with the Midway. It was all condensed over two weekends, one that occurred um, late October and one in December. My memory serves me correctly, but we have addressed those complaints with the Midway uh, owners. Yeah, they came to the, me, staff had them come in person or I mean, on virtually in person. Um, and we asked them a bunch of questions and they assured us that there were not going to be any sound concerns, but sounds like that didn't happen. Of course. <laughs> they promised, but, you know. Is there any chance that the food truck complaints are actually at least for the first weekend, we're actually the midway sound instead. Just given that we know the midway sound travels sort of oddly. I think it's hard to pinpoint what is actually going down on down in Mission Bay. Um, you know, I, I also just want to mention that food trucks park in the area because people uh, patronize them because of the hospital being down there. And it may not be affiliated with the Spark Social or Park Lab Gardens at all. Um, and unfortunately, I think it just continues to be pinned on that premises specifically. Um, and they've demonstrated ongoing compliance, but also working closely with me to ensure that their jam permit hours are updated. Um, the owner is really responsive, uh, but we've never found them in like violation that's being alleged of their sound. The complaints are also anonymous too, so it makes it really difficult when the person is, you know, saying that the you can see in the complaint that it's alleging it's traveling down numerous corridors, um, but we actually don't know where the complainant is located. It just sound seems to bounce around so much, and it yeah, we know the midway sound travels, and it's I don't. It, you know, as with the Edinburgh Castle, I don't want venue owners that are in compliance to be blamed for 
sound that's actually coming from somewhere else and it doesn't help us work with venue owners to come into compliance if if it's being misreported so yeah thank you <clears throat> i mean there has to be some kind of end game i mean we've gone out there so many times and the police been there you know and I don't know. Sometimes it gets to the point whether it's just malicious, malicious or maybe personal. We don't know, you know. But we can only do so much. And if it was, if I was the owner of the place, I'd drive me nuts trying to operate a business. Yeah, it seems clear that the person who's complaining is not is responding to something else entirely, and not to anything coming from the Edinburgh Castle. And that particular neighbor is not letting us go inside their unit either, right? Correct. So, I mean, without really knowing which wall it's coming from, you know, it could be coming from the back wall, you know, which is on the other side. I mean, you know, if they're not cooperative, there's only so much we can do. The owner of the business also asked to gain entry as well. So it came, you know, there was a recommendation that our inspectors visit um, as well as the business owner. And that was not something the resident was willing to do. Hmm. Any other questions or comments? All right, yeah, I mean, one at a time here, I think. You know, I, I do think we that in terms of the midway and and some of the other venues, I think you know, I think we, I'm I'm proud that we erred on the side of like being, um, trying to get people into compliance and being really sensitive to their the license holders during COVID because it was such a brutal time. But it does seem like you know we're coming into a new world here where. COVID is just going to be with us and we have to get back in the rhythm of regular life and, and, and we can't have venues who are consistently out of compliance over and over and over again. So we're going to have to figure out ways to bring them into compliance or work with them or I don't know what it's going to take at that point. Um, the Edinburgh Castle thing, I think, you know, it does seem to me like they're probably moving in a direction where we're not so involved i think you know i think i wouldn't surprise me if if lawsuits and restraining orders and things started to fly and so i think we've done what we can do there and i would personally ask that we prioritize that completely and just take it off the counter we clearly there's never been an issue that we've been able to find since the first very time we went in there i think long 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 ago so um, and then with Gestalt, again, you know, this was a concern when they came in asking for their permit. The concern was, are they going to follow the rules? And it seems like they're not. And so, you know, we're going to have to have a conversation with them again and see what it's going to take to get them to act within the law of the permit that they have. Right. So that's my feeling. Any other comments? All right. Uh, is there any public comment on this agenda item? It's going to flash the slide just for a few seconds. It's a courtesy. 
All right. There is no public comment. Okay, let's go ahead and close public comment and we can move on to the next agenda item, which is number, hmm, I believe it's number five actually, not six, uh, which is hearing and possible action regarding applications for permits under the jurisdiction of the Entertainment Commission. And I will ask Deputy Director Azevedo to introduce the applicant today, which I believe is on the consent agenda and that's all we have. Thank you, President Blyman. That is correct. We only have one permit application on the consent agenda this evening. It's for a limited live performance permit for Gentilly, which is located um, at 4826 Mission Street. There was no opposition for this permit and no recommended added conditions from the police department. Uh, so we are recommending to approve the permit with the good neighbor policy. And just as a reminder, this this is on consent, so we were not even going to be pulling the applicant in. Uh, I move approval um, of the item on the consent. I move approval of the consent calendar. Seconded. Is there any public comment on this agenda item? Second, and there is none. All right, we'll close public comment. We can have a vote. Okay, President Blyman. Aye. Vice President Camino. Aye. Commissioner Lee. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. And Commissioner Wang. Aye. All right. Congratulations to the applicant wherever they are. Please follow up with our staff at your earliest convenience for your next steps. And ooh, man. The next agenda item is number six which is consideration and possible action to adopt a resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under the California Government Code section 54953E. Do we have a motion to consider and adopt a resolution to make these findings, to allow it? To make the motion. Again. Is there any public comment on this agenda item? There is none. All right, let's go ahead and have a vote. President Blyman. Aye. Vice President Camino. Aye. Commissioner Lee. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Oh, didn't hear you there. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. And Commissioner Wang. Aye. All right, we we did it again. We can have a teleconference meeting. All right. <laughs> the final agenda item are commissioner comments and questions and new business requests for future agenda items. What do we got? Nothing. All right. Well, Neither do I. So let's go to public comment on this agenda item. Is there any? President Blenman and commissioners, there are none. Well, it's been a pleasure, everyone. An enjoyable meeting. We will adjourn it at 5.59 p.m. this evening, and we'll see you for the next one. I'm sure we'll have a jam-packed agenda. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Farewell. Thank you. Have a good night.